0: Welcome to our channel. As you take time to listen to God's word today, we believe that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. Our God is a good God, amen? You know, He does great things in our lives, even in the moments that we least expect. And sometimes we can't see it, we don't feel it. Sometimes we think that God is quiet But actually, God is working on our behalf. Amen? Sometimes you might feel like giving up. Sometimes you might feel like, I'm going to stop this because this is not working. But let me tell you something. God has never stopped working. Amen? God has never stopped working. Because He's always on the move whether we like it or not he's not waiting on our prayers to work he's a God who's working all the time all the time in and through our lives so I'm really excited to talk to you this morning on this title when you decide to quit if you're taking notes you can write this down when you decide to quit dot 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 what happens Right. You see, a lot of times we feel like giving up. And I want to talk to those who feel like giving up. I want to talk to those who feel like quitting. I want to talk to those who feel like your goal, your dream, your vision, everything that you have started has little or no progress in life. I want to talk to people who are discouraged. I want to talk to people who are ready to say, I give up. And I believe that we all face that in our lives. We all have come to a point where you say, oh man, it's just not working. I just want to quit. I've done everything I can. It's just not working. I have done everything that I could possibly do, but it's not happening. I have tried this relationship. I have tried so much to restore it. And the more and more I try, the worse and worse it becomes. So I want to quit. I am fighting for my marriage. The more and more I try, the more and more it gets worse. In fact, we are running out of fights. We are running out of topics to fight on, that we are fighting now on everything. Maybe you are believing God for a miracle. Maybe your child to be healed. Maybe some financial breakthroughs. Maybe some addictions that you want to come out of and you are waiting on God for a miracle, for a breakthrough. And as you are waiting, there is this voice in your head saying that it's not going to happen. It's time to quit. You tried everything. You prayed You believed God for it, you kept giving, you kept doing, but at the end of it, you're just discouraged and continuously losing hope. When you want to quit, when you want to quit, God has a word for you. When you want to give up, God has a word for you. If you're sitting there and wondering, I haven't heard from God in a long time. Why is God not speaking to me? Well, I have news for you this morning. He's talking right now. He has a word for you. The Bible is the closest that we can hear God. The closer we are with His word, the more and more we will be able to hear Him. Can somebody shout amen? So when you want to quit in life, When you want to give up in life, when you feel discouraged, we need to make a decision. Every action needs a decision first. Discouragement is normal. Feeling like that you want to give up, that's normal. We all go through that phase. But we are not like any other people. He's our father, we are his children. We are not just anybody. Our identity is not just, oh, I'm a guy who lives in this world. I'm going to do everything that I could possibly do before I die. I'll enjoy and I'll just pass on. No, we are God's people. We are His children, which means that we are called to live a life that is different than others. We are called to live a life that is supernatural. We are called to live a life that everybody looks at it and says, how is that possible? We are called to live a life that where we feel His love, where we experience His love, where, we, where people can see restoration happen. We are called to live a life that is extraordinary. The problem is that even though we have the Word of God with us, even though we know all the promises in the Bible, even though we know that God has called us and set us free, that is freedom in the name of Jesus, and we sing songs, we worship, and we have all this jazz going on, but even in the midst of it all, we fail to understand that the choice is in your hands. If God can impose Himself upon us, then we are not humans. Hello? He's not a God who forces His way into you. The Bible says He stands at the door and He knocks. The Bible says, you know, He's a God who waits patiently for us. He doesn't force Himself into us. Which means that you and I have a choice to make this morning. Turn to the person next to you, look at them. Look into their pretty eyes and tell them, you have a choice to make, my friend. You have a choice to make. Whether you're going to sit with me next Sunday or not, you have a choice to make. Your direction of life is determined by the quality of your decisions. Let me say that again. Your direction in life, is equally proportionate to the quality of decisions that you make in life. It's directly proportionate. Your direction in life is determined by the quality of your decisions. The thing is, we are unable to take quality decisions because we are still trying to make decisions outside the word of God. When you make decisions away from his word, when you make decisions away from what God has called you to be, then it's not a quality decision that we make. If you want to keep going for God, we got to take some decisions this morning. Are you ready to make some decisions this morning? Yeah? Are you excited? It's easy to start. It's hard to finish. What do you think separates average people from amazing people? There's amazing people, and then there's average people. Is it intelligence? Is it the way they look? Is it their skills and talents? Is it their education? Or is it who they are and what they know? Is it their background? Is it the city that they were born in? What separates an average person From a successful person. Do you know what it is? It's perseverance. Or determination. The drive to finish. And refusing to quit. There is a word for this. They call it grit. They call it what? You need some grit in life. You need some grit. This is what separates you into be an excellent person. Now we are all called by God and we are all not called by an average God, we are called by an excellent God. Everything that we see around us is excellent. And God also created us to be excellent. Excellence is who He is. When you look at yourself in the mirror, do you feel excellent in the morning? Wives, when you wake up next to your husband and you look at his beautiful face, do you look at him and tell him, wow, what an excellent man I have married. And the husband wakes up, hi honey, good morning. Oh, Jackin, welcome to reality. Jackin said, no, that doesn't happen. Well... When you look at yourself, oh man, I am excellent. We don't feel that way because we don't identify ourselves with God's identity. But then we got to make a choice. See, we are enthusiastic people. Enthusiasm is a common thing, but endurance is a rare thing. Now, I did not say that. It sounded good, right? Angela said it. Angela Duckworth, who's a psychologist, she said it. You know, uh, enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. We're all always enthusiastic about God. Can we go and do great things for God? Yes, pastor, let's do it. Our God is able. He is more than able to do it. All right then. Let's go for prayer walks every Sunday evening for two hours. Pastor, you know, there's something I need to talk to you about. Um, Sunday evenings is the only time that I chill. I need to persevere in finishing Cook with Komali in Hot Star. I need to endure. I cannot quit, Pastor, you just told me. I cannot quit. I need to finish it. I need to finish the pending series in Netflix. There are so many pending matters that I need to look into. No, 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 you're called to do great things for God. Yes, let's do it. God is able, but I am not available. God is able, but I am not available. I'm not available. God is able. He'll take care of it, Pastor. we are praying for you. You go for it, pastor. We are standing far from you, but we will be sending our prayers. I don't need your prayers. God doesn't need your prayers. We are there in the Spirit. No, you're not. If you're there in the Spirit, you'll be a dead man if the Spirit leaves your body. The point is that we are all enthusiastic about God, but are you ready to endure for God? That's the question. We need some grit if you're going to live for God. We need some grit, which means that we are going to pre-decide as King City Church this morning. When I commit, I don't quit. Everybody say it out loud. When I commit, I don't quit. I don't quit. So when I say when I commit, you say I don't quit. When I commit, I don't quit. when I commit, I don't quit. When, I commit I don't quit. when we commit, we don't quit. when we commit, we don't quit. When we commit You said it, so you got to do it now. We receive a strength. When you make this decision, you got to decide on these matters. Many times we don't decide, we leave for it to decide itself. When you don't decide, somebody else will decide for you. And sometimes your problems will decide how you're going to live your life. Sometimes certain things, when you don't make a godly decision based on the word, circumstances will start deciding for you in how you're going to live your life and you are just a responder to life and not somebody who's actively leading his life through God's word. Do you want just to be a responder or somebody who leads his life, her life through the word of God? Who do you want to be? Somebody who leads, right? Not just a bystander, not just a responder. Let's go into the Bible. You see, uh, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And from verses 5 to 7, 2 Timothy chapter 4, from verses 5 to 7, it talks about uh, Paul is giving emotional farewell to his spiritual son, Timothy. The context is that Paul is um, going to be beheaded by the Roman uh, emperor, Nero. And Paul is awaiting for his execution in a deep dungeon. And when you say dungeon, it's, it's this underground, sewage-filled, smelly, drain place where there will be dead people already in it. And many people, many prisoners actually die in the dungeon even before the execution. How, that's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. Now here is Paul writing to his spiritual son, from a dark, dark place. Pastor, I'm in a dark place. Well, you need to say that to Paul. I wonder how you'll respond. Maybe you are not as bad physically in the dark place like Paul, but maybe you are in your mind, in your heart like Paul. Where you feel like quitting, you're in a dark, dark place. And this is what Paul writes to his spiritual son. Being in that situation, look at the lines that he's starting with in verse 5. He says, Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Now, Timothy is not in the dungeon, he's outside, he's fine. But a man in a dark place, in a dungeon, about to be beheaded by the emperor, is giving encouragement to his son saying, "Hey, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid for, to suffer for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry. Carry out the ministry that God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is finally near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. It is obvious that Paul is coming to the finish of his race, to the end of his race. The thing is that you and I, we haven't come to the end of our race. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Don't say I'm about to call it quits because you are not dead, you are alive. If God has given you breath If god has given you life and if you can pinch yourself and say ow then keep going keep going your time has not yet come because god has more for your life god has more things to do through you god has given you more love to give god wants to help you to start new ministries God wants you to reach more people. God wants to touch thousands and thousands of people's life through your life. Maybe you might be sitting there and saying, I am hurt. But God is turning all your hurt into scars because your scars will tell a story. When you get up one day and tell the scars and point and look at the scars and say, I was once hurt i was once wounded i was once an outcast i was once in the dark place of my life and i was about to call it quits but god brought me out and here i am to say the good news of my lord and savior jesus christ you are called to do something more for god don't be content there is more hope to share there's more friendships to make there's more relationships to build. There's more addictions to break. God has got more for you. Everybody lay, put your right hand on your heart and say, hey, God has got more for you. Say that to yourself. God has more for you. Amen. Heart is on this side. Just, just, just reminding people. Okay. God has more for you in Jesus name but sometimes we say a oh, pastor I know all this I'm just tired I'm overwhelmed there's so much to do and I don't know where to start this is this is this is usually what students feel right just the night before semester exams is about to start I was, you know, when KCLC students were writing their exams, the day before I just went around asking, what is the subject that you're writing tomorrow? So that it'll give me some peace. At least they've looked at the timetable. Most people passed, except for one, and we pray for that one. We feel overwhelmed. We feel overwhelmed. We, oh, we feel overwhelmed because we think that we have so much to do, so much to do, and that's why we feel overwhelmed. In fact, um, there's another scholar who writes in his book, David Allen, he says, much of the stress that people feel, it doesn't come from having too much to do. It comes from not finishing what they have started. Yes. Hello? Take your finger and put it like this. That's you, buddy. That's you. And that's true for you. Everybody. We finish, I mean, we start so many things. And we leave it all incomplete. And then all of a sudden, we feel overwhelmed. And our complaint is that, I have so much to do. No, you don't. You started everything that you're doing right now. You initiated it. And the reason you feel overwhelmed is not because you have too much to do. It's because you have left a lot unfinished. It's because endurance was not there. It's because you called it quits. You know that you were supposed to wake up early, but you decided to sleep in for another 10 minutes, and that became 10 hours sometimes even. I was meaning to go to college today, but I just wanted to stretch a little, and I overstretched. <laughs> and because now I'm overstretched, I feel depressed, sick of myself. And now I'm sitting and wondering, who am I? Uh, you're a student. You're supposed to start your day early. You're supposed to be organized, be planned but we call it quits think of the moment of when god has prompted you to do something and you started saying that god has called me to do this but then you stopped you left it incomplete you left it incomplete revelation chapter 3 verse 1 to 2 it says i know your deeds you have a reputation of being alive but you are dead. This is, this is written to the church in Sardis. Verse 2, it says, Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. What is it that is unfinished in your life? Is there a broken relationship that is unfinished? Is there somewhere that... Or with somebody you started sharing faith and all of a sudden something happened in your life that you started going through something and because of that you stopped sharing faith with that person. That's unfinished gospel right there. Unfinished evangelism. What is unfinished in your life? Maybe, maybe a degree, maybe a hobby. Maybe you started serving God in a certain potential but you stopped and that's unfinished. Give to God what God told you to told you to give, and that's unfinished. Maybe God asked you to launch a business in a certain way, and you did not listen to God and try to do it on your own way, and now it's pending. Now it's unfinished. Maybe you are supposed to apologize to somebody. Maybe you're supposed to ask for forgiveness, and it's unfinished. Maybe you're supposed to forgive someone and let go, but it's unfinished. You see, in Second Corinthians, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and he says in verse 8, 10 to 11, he says, Here is my advice. And this is what God is telling to all of us this morning. It's not just to the Corinthian church. It's also for King City Church. Here is my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started. And he writes it very specifically to the Corinthian church. He says, It will be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year you were the first who wanted to give. And you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. He's comparing it with the Ephesian church. Corinthian church was, was leaders in giving to God. And they started lacking behind because of some of the false teachings that creeped into the church. And Paul is saying that, It's unfinished business. My question that I have for you this morning is, do you have any unfinished business with God? If so, make a decision this morning. I commit and I will not quit. Lord, I remember I committed this to you a year ago. I prayed and I made the decision two years ago, four months ago, two weeks ago, last night, I don't know when. Whenever it is, when you are about to say, I'm about to give up, God is saying, I will give you the strength. Grit does not come into our life through our own strength, but it comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. He gives you the strength not to give up. You might be thinking, but why does it matter? What if I quit? That's not going to do anything. Well, it's not going to affect the kingdom of God. It's going to affect you first. When it affects you, it affects the church. When it affects the church, it affects the kingdom of God. Because we don't see that we are directly connected to the kingdom of God. Of course, God is higher. God is glorious. He's ready to do anything beyond more than we could ever ask or imagine. Of course, He's a great God. But He's saying, my son, my daughter, where are you? He doesn't want to keep going forward without us. He wants to lead us there. He wants to build His kingdom through us and in us. But when we say, It doesn't matter if I'm there or not. It matters to God. When you say, oh, if I skip one Sunday, it does not matter. It matters. Sundays, you being in church, it matters because you don't know who you are going to pray for. Your presence. This is not about being present. It's about being in the presence and the presence that you carry within yourself. Because when we come together as one church, you're not here for an attendance. That you do in your school, that you do in your college, that you can do at your job, that you can do in other places. God is not looking for you because you did not put a biometric attendance into the church. God is like, Dave, your entire biology I created. Pastor might not know where you are when you don't come to church, but God exactly knows where you are. You could go around the church area. I almost came. But the Lord led me, not to KCC, pastor, but to KFC. (laughs) And I thought I'd just go and pick up one breakfast or a burger. And I said to myself, from KFC, I will go to KCC. But then came a heavy burden to meet the lost. So I went to meet them at LA Cinemas. I bought this ticket, not for me pastor, but for the lost souls. After the movie I want to give tracts. Then I realized I need to come to KCC to pick up the tracts. And if I come to church now you will ask me where you where, where were you all this time so I decide to go back to KFC and have another crushums We could walk around we can joke around we can say things that me being not here it doesn't matter What God has done why do we have testimony time Is it to show off No not to show off ourselves, but to show off what God has done through our life because maybe somebody needed to hear. Somebody sitting out here thinking that this is it and then God has done something in your life because message time, God's word time does not just start when I start preaching. It starts from the moment you walk in here. Because the word of God is in you and you are the living word and you carry the word in you which means that you just coming and put your arm around a brother and saying it is well with my soul and it is going to be well with you as well because our God is greater. Maybe it is hard for them to lift their hands and worship but if you standing next to them and say come on brother let's worship come on sister let's worship and standing with each other that's God's community that's church so it is not you're present i am present no the presence of god in us should come here and everybody as we carry the presence and come together to worship that's when the atmosphere shifts paul says i pour out from my heart so we bring to god we bring the presence of god as we come here otherwise it's just a building You can build the most beautiful cathedral. It's just a building until the seekers, the true seekers and the true worshippers of God walk into that place. Otherwise, it's a museum. You can come and take pictures. It's great to take pictures. But there's no action. There's no work of the Holy Spirit. It's important that you're here. This is why... It matters. This is why you can't quit. Acts 20 24, it says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. You know the reason why Paul could finish the race? Because he was not running for himself, he was running for something greater than him which is the calling and the anointing that God has placed over his life. He says, I consider my life worth nothing to me. What is it, what is it that you're running for? What do you consider to be the most precious thing? Are you considering yourself more worthy than what God has called you to do? If you are quitting, You need to ask yourself, what are you quitting? Is it what God has called you to do that you're quitting? It's really important that you consider this. It's not about your personal comfort, friends. It's not about your net worth. It's not about other people's opinion and it's not about your personal hopes and dreams. If we need to have grit in life, if we need to endure, if we need to keep going for Jesus, that we, need, we should stop running for ourselves and start running for God. Our life should be in that connection for something greater that God has called us to do. How do you finish this race that God has called you to do? You take the next step. When you feel like quitting, you still say, I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to take the next step. I'm going to take the next step. One step at a time. One step at a time. One step at a time. But you might say, Pastor, I, I tried. I tried. I tried and it's not easy. I tried and, and I feel like giving up most of the time. The Holy Spirit is reminding you this morning, my son, my daughter, you have pre-decided and you have said, If I commit, I will not quit. So keep going. Just take another step and see what God can do. And see what God can do. In 1992, Barcelona Olympics, a British athlete called Derek Redman was running the 400 meter relay. And as he was in a semi-final his hamstring pulled up and he fell to the ground That's Derek And everybody looked at it and thought he's not going to finish He was in so much pain He was in so much pain that the entire arena looked at him and not at the runners who are actually carrying on and to everybody's surprise with that much pain Derek walked up he slowly lifted himself up with so much pain where he had all the reasons to say it's done I'm quitting I'm tapping out when he had all the reasons to say that He pulled himself up, and he took the next step, just one step. And as he was doing that, to everybody's surprise, they saw one man running towards Derek. This man kicked all the security guards. He jumped over the rail, and he started charging towards Derek in the racetrack. And he came right behind Derek held him and started helping him through that was his father that was his father when he saw his own son in pain and about to give up he could not stand there among the crowd watching or saying what a disappointment or saying oh come on man get up or he didn't stand there saying That's it. You're not part of the family anymore. You have brought disgrace to me. He did not say that. He stepped out. He charged towards his son. He picked him up and helped him to finish the race. This is why you have no reason to quit. Because you and I, we have a father. Who charged down from heaven into earth and He gave His own blood. He went on the cross saying, humanity cannot quit. I am not ready to give up on my children. Paul says, while you are yet sinners, Christ came for you. It's funny to me, it's funny to me when people say, Pastor, I want to become a little bit more holy so that I can come to church it's funny to me when you say I want to get better before I come to the Lord hello you don't heal yourself before you go to the doctor you pull yourself together and you go to the doctor and tell him that you are sick because we can't do it because we are about to call quits because we are about to tap out Because humanity was in absolute derail and while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. He loved you while you are sinning. Let me make it even more simple to everybody. He loved you and kept loving you while you were watching pornography. He loved you while you were stealing money. He loved you when you were walking away from God and doing things that are not pleasing to God. He loved you when you were unfair. Faithful to your spouse. He loved you when you couldn't control your anger and love. He loved you. He loved you. He loved you. And because he loved you, he came. We have too many hamstrings that is pulling us because of our own weakness. And you are about to say, I quit. I quit. I quit. That's it. It's easy for us to say that. But if we are called to live a life that is worthy of the cross, we are called to model a godly life, godly marriage, godly friendships, godly lifestyle. In everything, we are called to do that. And if that earthly father can do that for his earthly son, how much more can heavenly father do for you and I? That's why he couldn't stand there watching. That's why he couldn't stand there watching. Young man, you might think nobody knows about your smoking habit. Nobody knows about your drinking. Nobody knows about your addiction. Married men, you might think nobody knows what I'm doing that my wife, she probably doesn't know. Maybe wife, you're thinking, oh, my husband doesn't know. God knows everything. And this is not to scare you. This is to say, while he knows everything, his love does not shift based on our action. His grace comes to us to confide, to hug us and tell us that, my son, I know you are not able to do this on your own, but I'm here to pick you up. Can you just stand with me? By his grace, By His grace. It is not about giving up on sin. But it is about giving up. Giving into the grace of God. You're too focused on what you need to give up. But Jesus is saying, just give into me. Just give into me. Just give into my love. Just give into my care. Just give into my word. Just give into all that I have promised. When you give into me, alcohol will give up on you because you are not available for it anymore. Addictions, drugs will give up on you. Sexual sins will give up on you. Things that you think people don't know, but you are sinning in your thoughts. But we play a righteous role on the outside. But God knows everything from young to the old. God knows about everybody. But He still loves you and cares about you. And He does not want you to give up. Can you stand with me this morning? Philippians 1.6 And this is the promise. This is the promise, church. I want every single person in this room who are hearing God's word this morning, when you walk out of here, you're going to walk out in confidence. Amen. Come on, can I hear an amen? amen? Can you shout out, I am confident. I am confident. Come on, say it again. I am confident that he who began a good work in me will carry it on. To the completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you is more than able to bring you to success, to bring it to completion, to take you forward. So keep going. Keep going. This is not the time to give up. This is the time to give in. To the promises of God this is the time quitting is not an option for us this is the time to say my marriage is gonna be great it's gonna be great because I have a God who started this and he will help me to pursue this this is not the time to quit your education this is not the time to quit your ministry This is not the time to quit on your goals. This is not the time to quit on your dreams. This is not the time to quit on the purpose that God has for your life. This is not the time to quit on that relationship. This is not the time. Because when I commit, I don't quit. You know why when I commit, I don't quit? Because Philippians 1.6 is real in my life. My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence is not in my skill. My confidence is not in the money. My confidence is not in the job. My confidence is not in how romantic I could be. Well, for me, no way. My confidence is not in who I am and what I am capable of, but my confidence is in the one who started if you press start button for your life then you have the authority to press end button the funny thing is nobody said I start my life March 26th you shall be born we are going to earth and I'm going to live with Mr. and Mrs. Ellis in Trichy well if I had the choice I wouldn't have picked Trichy I would have definitely picked my parents but not Trichy think many people kind of there with me I would have I would love to be born in New York why do I have to be born in India let alone in Trichy we don't have that that power we did not press start button to press end button both is not in our hands you know why because jesus said i am the alpha and the omega if i am the alpha and i am the omega then everything that happens in between i will bring it to fulfillment Because I am the one who started this and I know how to bring this to an end. So whatever that you might go through, all you need to do is declare the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and say that I am chosen, I am called, I am confident, my God will not let me down. I will be faithful, I will not stop here. Imagine the story of Jericho if they stopped in six sixth round they said oh man this is not working let's go mm-hmm. home seven brought it to completion imagine 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 first day jesus is still in the tomb second day jesus is still in the tomb and on the third day When they went to the tomb the tomb was empty imagine they called it quits and say that's it we are all going back to where we started our life imagine how that story would have been imagine if you missed your third day miracle imagine if you missed your seventh day completion it's not gonna happen to us because we are not stopping here amen can we all raise our hands to say to God God I commit, I commit and I will not quit and I'm confident Jesus because you have started a great work in me. You have started a great work in me and you will bring it to completion in Jesus name.